Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We are going to jump into our Bible study this morning, and as you guys are making your way to Luke chapter 2, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. Somebody will bring you a Bible. We do want you to be able to follow along and keep track with us. It's a big part of our time together as we study God's Word on Sunday mornings, and we are continuing this kind of theme and this this look at the joy of Christmas. In fact, last week, uh, we looked at the promise of joy, and we were focusing in on the prophecies of the birth of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, and um, we're introduced to a couple of names for Jesus as the Messiah. In fact, Isaiah prophesied 800 years before the birth of Jesus, anticipating that this child that was given to us, the son that was born, would uh, be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And uh, we talked about how, you know, for some of us who have kids, really young kids, they're really excited about Christmas, and, and we spend all this time wrapping and, you know, getting all these gifts for our kids, but then they just rip into the gifts on Christmas morning, and oftentimes when they're small, they play with the wrapping paper instead of the actual gift. I don't know if you've uh, experienced that before. Um, but then as the kids get older, you know, you get this gift for the child and they play with the gift for maybe a minute or even less than a minute and they move on to the next thing. And I think sometimes just personally and spiritually as we grow up getting older, sometimes uh, we can be caught up in the wrapping, the external wrapping of Christmas and really miss out on the gift. Or sometimes we can play with Jesus for a little bit, and then move on to the next thing. And I hope and pray that this Christmas season would be a time that we make Jesus the center of our, of our homes, the center of our marriages, the center of our, of our lives, as well as with our kids. <clears throat> and so we looked at the promise of joy last week, and really kind of the focus of this boy from heaven would bring joy to the world, this boy that would be promised to come, Messiah, Jesus. And now today we're going to be looking at the presence of joy because we're looking at one of the most famous popular stories uh, during the Christmas time of the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. And really the point that we want to remember today as we study through and read uh, these verses is that the best present of Christmas is the blessed presence of Jesus. Say that 10 times fast. But let me just focus in on what that really means. Is that the presence of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is the best present that you can unpack and open in your life. And his presence, in fact, one of the most repeated commands in all of scripture is do not fear. Over and over again as you read through the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, do not fear. And I think it's important because we are prone to fear, to have worry, to have anxiety, to be troubled and experience hardship. And that's just natural in our experiences. So the most repeated command in all of the Bible is do not fear. But the most repeated promise is I am with you. 
And I just hope that that phrase, that promise, that scriptural truth would soak into your heart and be reminded that God is with us. And the Christmas story is a reminder that God traveled many, many miles in order to be with us. There's no distance too far that God will not travel to be with you in whatever circumstance you're in in life. So it's the best present is Jesus' presence. And we're going to see this in a couple of ways. One is we're going to see the great fear of the shepherds. Secondly, we're going to see the great joy that the angels declare. Thirdly, we're going to see the great glory of God. And then lastly, we're going to see this great message that is shared by the shepherds. So picking up our story in Luke chapter 2, we read in verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Now, in these stories, we're introduced to a couple of people. We know some of the usual suspects, so to speak. you got the angels and the shepherds. We're going to see them later on in the story. But we also have Joseph and Mary. And then we see this city of Bethlehem. And uh, that's important because in the Gospel of Matthew, in the verse uh, chapter, we're actually told about Jesus' lineage and his ancestry. And uh, those are prophesied and foretold in the Old Testament because we're told that Jesus would come as the Messiah in the uh, lineage of David. And so in the ancestry list in Matthew chapter 1, we see that Jesus as the promised Messiah fulfills the Davidic lineage. So he's the true king of kings and lord of lords. But we also see that uh, Jesus fulfills the covenant promises in the Old Testament to restore uh, us with God in a right relationship. But then also we see that Jesus fulfills the biological. He's the the biological right as well because he identifies in our weaknesses um, uh, as he's taken on flesh himself to be fully God as well as fully man. And so we have Joseph, we have Mary going to the city of Bethlehem to be registered. Look with me there in verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. So nine months have passed, and the baby is coming, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, what's pretty remarkable, because we know the full story here, is that as Jesus being you know, the king of kings, as I mentioned, fully God, you would imagine and think that, um, that there would be, uh, you know, a great declaration of the birth of this Messiah, of this king. There would be an awesome social media campaign that uh, would declare this birth of the king, and you would think that this king would be born in the palace, and there would be a bunch of privilege and prestige and and power and, and influence. But we pick up on this theme of Jesus being born in the manger. Actually, no room, in fact. They couldn't even get a place at the best Hilton or, you know, you know the, the greatest uh, hotel in the, in the area. There was no room. 
And yet we see and pick up on this theme of the humility of Jesus, the lowliness of Jesus. And in fact, Jesus does fulfill two roles in his coming. He is the conquering king and will come uh, as the conquering king, but he first came as the suffering servant, as was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53. And this was the, the, the ministry of Jesus. In fact, he read of the scrolls in Isaiah said, saying that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel and the good news and to heal the brokenhearted and, and to set the captives free. And so this was the first ministry of Jesus as he came, but he's come really humbly and lowly. And so we see here in verse 8, the story continues. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds. Everyone say shepherds. Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now shepherds are an interesting cast of characters when we look at this story because in man's eyes, shepherds were actually outcasts. They had kind of a bad reputation. And they were outsiders and strangers they were usually often overlooked. Uh, you remember back in the story with even David before he became king over Israel. He was this little shepherd boy, and he was kind of the runt of the litter. He had a bunch of older brothers, but he was given all the small little tasks. Well, why don't you just go out and take care of the sheep? But actually, God used those times of uh, uh, caring for the sheep in, in the pasture to be able to minister and care for God's people as a shepherd after his God's own heart. And so um, these shepherds were considered kind of on the bottom of uh, social outcasts and had a bad reputation. They were unreliable. But we also see from God's perspective that shepherds uh, were actually a part of God's plan. In fact, God used, as I mentioned, uh, David's ex example and experiences in the shepherd shepherding the fields to shepherd and care for uh, God's people. But um, we also see that God is declaring this great message to the shepherds first. He's going to the outcasts and the strangers and the outsiders. But one of the phrases that are used to describe Jesus, in fact, Jesus used a couple of phrases. He said, I am... Uh, the bread of life. He also said, I uh, am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the resurrection. But another uh, phrase that he used, he says, I am the, uh, the good shepherd. And a shepherd, if you think about it, ministers to the flock and cares for the flock and provides for the flock and protects the flock. In fact, uh, Jesus said, I'm going to give my people, the body of Christ, the church, shepherds after my own heart so that they would care for and nurture and feed the flock of God with God's word and protect and care and provide for them. But Jesus is the great good shepherd. And I just love that. It's just a great reminder that Jesus watches over our lives. He cares for us. He sees where, where we have need and he provides for those needs. But it also reminds me, during the Christmas time, that the gospel and the birth of Jesus is not limited to the privileged in palaces, but it comes to the humble on the fringes, just like the shepherds. And I can relate with that because I know that I ran from God and I spent a lot of the years of my life um, on the outside looking in. And I was on the fringes. And the gospel is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever, that means anybody, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or the language of your tongue or the culture of your people. That the gospel and that Jesus and the birth of Jesus is given to every single one of us. That means that the package that we have on the outside, this, this spacesuit that allows us to live on planet Earth, it's all different. We, some have hair, some don't have hair. Some have beards, some don't have beards. Uh, we have different colors and pigments of skin. And that's okay. That's the beauty and the diversity of God's creation. But what really matters is your soul. There's nothing that you can give in exchange for your soul. It's so very precious to God. And that is who you really are. And God breathed into our nostrils, the Bible says, the breath of life. We are made and created in the image of God. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ down to earth to clothe himself with humanity and the weaknesses and the frailties that you and I experience so that we can have an advocate. We can have somebody who takes the place of our sin on the cross. That's the good news, the gospel. And that's wonderful news because Jesus comes to you where you're at. You might feel like you're on the outside, on the fringes, an outcast, uh, a stranger, a whosoever. Wow, that's, that's, you're in good company when it comes to the gospel because the shepherds teach us and remind us that they are there to hear this, uh, to hear the the presentation of the gospel first. So they're out keeping watch over their flocks by night. They're faithful doing that. And behold, verse 9, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Everyone say afraid. This is kind of an understatement, right? Every single person that you see in the Bible who encounters an angel, they fall on their face. They're greatly fearful and afraid. This word greatly afraid means a couple of things. One is to flee. The other is to be so terrified that you seize and you, you, don't, you can't even move. And sometimes we can probably experience some of those emotions when we are fearful and uh, when we're worried about certain things. Sometimes we can just want to run from them and not deal with the fear, the worry, the anxiety, the frustration, the hardship. Other times we may be so fearful because what we're experiencing in life that we just are seized and, and, and we don't know what to do. And uh, these, these, uh, these shepherds, they experience this as they see, see the angel and they realize, wow, what is, what is going on? But it also reminds us that this is an abrupt interruption in a dark, quiet, and still night. And God is still in the business of interrupting our lives. Wherever we're at, you see, he knows our business and he knows our address. God has your cell phone number, if you will. He has your handle on social media. He can DM you at any time. He knows how to connect with you. He knows where you're at. The thing is, is are we willing to allow the Lord to interrupt our lives? And that's important because we're running around all over the place. We're so busy. Our schedules are so packed. that It's really hard to squeeze Jesus' time into our lives. But that's the most important time. As we mentioned at the beginning, it's the best present in Jesus' presence in our lives. And so maybe this Christmas is a time for God to interrupt, to know your routines and your schedules, and to say, I want your attention. I want you. I want to spend time with you. And uh, Christmas is, I mean, when you look at the stories of Christmas, 
you see the interruptions of the angels, the interruption of Jesus' birth. And Jesus can interrupt our schedules at any moment and at any time. And I want to be open to that. Lord, how are you speaking? Because God's divine interruptions are the best interruptions that you and I can experience. We might think, well, it's getting us off track. And, oh, it's bothering us. Or, oh, it's keeping me from doing something else. God's divine interruptions are the best interruptions. And the shepherds are experiencing that right now. The glory shining around them greatly afraid. But notice in verse 10, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Here's another one of those commands. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Everyone say joy. Maybe your translations say good news of great joy, which will be to all people. This is something that we need to hear. There's a lot of news out there. There's a lot of bad news, uh, a lot of fake news, a lot of AI-generated news. We don't even know what news to even believe nowadays. And uh, I don't know the last time you looked at the news. Did you see a good news report? I didn't see any good news reports. The news that I see is just full of darkness and full of hate and full of difficulty. It's really hard. I don't see good news. But the angels are declaring this good news to the shepherds. He's also declaring this good news to us. You know, we, we're watching uh, as a family one of the Christmas stories, uh, the Christmas movies. It's a you know, popular, famous one. And uh, the things that were being said and the reactions of the kids and certain stuff that was being presented were like, wow, I didn't realize or remember it. this was like this. And it gave us an opportunity to talk to our kids about the things that we allow into our lives. And the things that we're watching and looking, because oftentimes we can see that in our kids, we can see it in ourselves as well, that the things that we allow to influence us end up uh, impacting our, the, the words that we say or um, the attitudes that we have, and we can see that with our kids. And so it gave us an opportunity to talk about, well, let's just turn this off and maybe look at something else. You know, if we constantly are streaming the bad news of life and the world, then the joy that we have is going to be punctured. It's just, it's going to be difficult. It's like, where's the joy? But if we are binge watching or streaming, if you will, the good news of Jesus Christ through the streaming service of God's scriptures, then the joy of Jesus is going to be evident because this good news, listen, this good news brings great joy. And so for us to fill our hearts and our lives with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus Christ, it's going to fill up. Last week we talked about how increased levels of joy does not come from things, it comes from God. And that's really the shift in our focus during this time of year where we're, we're, we're you know, watching the Amazon boxes travel across the country. And the joy is just of anticipation of this package being delivered. Hopefully it comes before Christmas and we're actually, you probably got a couple of alerts that you're already watching right now as I've been talking. Is it? Where is it at now? Oh, it just got processed in Chula Vista. Who knows? I don't know wherever it's at. And, and there's this anticipation of, of, of these things that, you know, they're fun and they're exciting and they're part of Christmas time. But it's not true joy. True joy here is what the angels are declaring, good news. This is the gospel. These uh, angels are the first evangelists to preach 
the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And this message is to all people. Notice that. Every single person. Not just the, the Jewish nation. It's to all people. Wherever we're at. And so this good news has come. And for what is the good news? The good news is um, written here in verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Everyone say Savior. Now we are told about why Jesus has come. A Savior. Now, the Jewish people during this time were expecting a, savior, a political Savior. They were expecting a Savior who would deliver them from the oppression of the Roman government and armies. And uh, they were anticipating the Messiah to come and deliver them and to set up his uh, kingdom. And yes, he will do that. He will come as the conquering king. But as I mentioned earlier, he first came as the suffering servant, the Messiah. Savior to forgive us and to rescue us of our sins. That really is the gospel. Uh, for God so loved the world, giving his son. And the Bible talks about how all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the penalty or the wages of sin is death, but God has given us his son, the Savior, to rescue us and to deliver us. And this will be a sign, verse 12, to you you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Everyone say peace. So here we see that this multitude of angels, I mean, just the vision of that. Now we don't know if other people in the area, I don't know how you hide multitudes and ten thousands upon ten thousands of angels. Maybe the shepherds were the only ones to see this. We don't know exactly, but... Man, the glory of God. In fact, this is what we're told by John the Apostle in the book of Revelation. That in the throne room of heaven, before God, right now, angels are singing, Holy, holy, holy to the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. There is worship and glorifying God. And so we see that this baby comes lying in a manger. And in this baby, Jesus we see the glory of God, which is pretty remarkable because God loves to put His glory in unlikely packages so that He can receive more glory, so that people can see clearly see His glory in and through it. And so um, the birth of Jesus clarifies God's glory, and we see Jesus being born, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. You know, uh, one of the names of Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus has come to give us peace. In fact, he said that I leave my peace with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives peace. And there's some things that the world will try to give you peace. But that peace is temporary. It doesn't last. And yet Jesus says, I will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. And this peace is the peace that we can have with God a reconciled relationship with God because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But you and I cannot have the peace of Jesus until we have first experienced the grace of God and the forgiveness of God. When our sins have been forgiven and we experience God's forgiveness in our lives, then the peace of God floods into our hearts. And we've been reconciled and redeemed and forgiven and washed and renewed. In fact, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away and all things become new. All new in a relationship with God. 
And so this peace is experienced by first receiving the forgiveness and the grace of God through his sacrifice upon the cross. You see, Jesus was born to die so that we who are dead in sin can live. And that really is the heart of the gospel. And as these shepherds are seeing it, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15 tells us, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Lastly, we see this great message. You know, the shepherds go and they find Jesus, Mary and Joseph. The birth of Jesus is a compelling message. One is they was widely retold this great message and there was a wonderful result because of it. And what we see in these shepherds is that when you encounter the joy of Jesus, you can't help but share it. Joy is contagious. In fact, yesterday we had the, uh, the kids outreach and um, the, were, you know, the, the team was sharing about this, this joy and this gift and this hope that Jesus brings and uh, the joy that we have in opening gifts and presents. And joy is contagious. It's, um, it just overflows into other people. And it's apparent to those around us when we have the joy. When you encounter the joy of Jesus, you can't help but share it and, and give it to other people. And this is what the shepherds do for, for us. They share that message. And it's a very compelling message. When it's genuine and authentic, this type of joy, when it is shared with other people, it draws people, it, it, um, it uh, brings people to that hope and, and that, that peace and, and that gift of, of Jesus. And so in this story, I hope that we would see a couple of things as we just kind of uh, wind down our message this morning. Our, our worship team can, can come on up and lead us in a closing song here, but there's some couple of takeaways and some reminders for us this Christmas season. As we're just getting ready to go back to our homes or to get on the road and travel to some loved ones' houses and open up our gifts. One is, is that God wants to get our attention this Christmas. He's the best gift, His presence. To make space and room for Him. As the story tells us, there was no room in Bethlehem for Jesus. I hope there's room in your heart for Jesus this Christmas. I hope you have made room in your home and in your marriage and in your family this Christmas. Because there can be some interruptions. I pray that we would all be open to the interruptions of Jesus. Getting, att getting our attention and focusing in on what really matters. The second thing is, is maybe you feel like an outsider. You feel like you're on the fringes. Maybe you feel like this Christmas or during this Christmas that you have been overlooked or alone. You feel like no one's there for you. 
Well, Christmas is a reminder that Jesus is. Everybody might overlook you, but Jesus never does. He sees you where you're at. In fact, he clothed himself with the weaknesses of our human flesh so that he could relate to, walk with you, and understand the ups and the downs, the fears and the joys of life. He's walking with you. But we also see that this message of joy, I hope that every single one of us has embraced and received that joy and that peace. There's only one way to receive the joy and the peace of God. It's by opening and embracing and believing that one gift and package that God has sent you and I, and it's Jesus. If you open that package of grace to you by faith, you will be renewed in a relationship with him. So we can have worship just like the angels as well. Maybe make a list of all the things that you are worshiping and thanking and praising God for. And uh, also sharing this gift, sharing this message, sharing this joy with others. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. And I pray for anyone in this room or those who are watching online that may feel alone this Christmas. I pray you draw near to them and remind them of your love. I pray also if there is anyone here who has not experienced your grace or received your grace and your forgiveness and have been looking for peace in all the wrong places. I pray in the quietness of your own heart right now that you would pray, God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death on, for me. I receive your grace. I pray you'd forgive me and wash me. Fill, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me new. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would fill all of us with this good news of great joy, overflowing with joy for your hope and for your love. May you be with us, Lord Jesus during this season. May we be reminded of your presence at all time. God, we love you, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.